Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, I'm Jason Luke from the UPMC Hillman Cancer Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'd like to thank you for joining us today as we review the high-impact melanoma abstracts from ESMO 2022. And joining me today is Dr. Zainab Aralu from the Moffitt Cancer Center. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So we'll jump right in and start discussing these abstracts. And I think there's no question that at ESMO this year for melanoma, the biggest deal of the big deals was the SWOG 1801 neoadjuvant trial of pre-surgical Pembro followed by adjuvant Pembro versus adjuvant Pembrolizumab alone. So Dr. Glue, do you want to speak to the trial design quickly and what the results were and how you think this impacts practice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so S1801 uh, was a large uh, study that was looking at patients with resectable stage 3B to stage 4 melanoma, um, post uh, who are essentially candidates for surgical resection. And the patients were randomized to either upfront neoadjuvant uh, therapy, uh, which meant they received three cycles of uh, neoadjuvant Pembro followed by surgery, followed by adjuvant Pembro versus upfront surgery followed by one year of adjuvant Pembro, which is essentially what we do now with standard of care adjuvant uh, anti-PD-1 therapy. And the primary endpoint of the study was event-free survival. So that was basically a combination of either disease progression, uh, disease recurrence, toxicity, death, or failure to start adjuvant Pembro. So a combination of all of these. And uh, the, what the investigators found, uh, led by Dr. Patel, um, after enrolling about 345 patients, was that the two-year event-free survival was 72% uh, uh, in the neoadjuvant cohort versus only 49% uh, in the adjuvant Pembro cohort. So definitely a significant response. And so it seems um, in talking with some of our colleagues that we've already petitioned the NCCN to endorse this strategy as standard practice. So how do you think these results really impact on what you guys are going to do at Moffitt, like on a daily basis? Yeah, um, so I think currently with NCCN, neoadjuvant treatment is put in as a, you know, can consider type of recommendation for patients with clinically uh, lymph node positive disease. But my guess would be, you know, following the results of S1801, it will become a much stronger uh, recommendation for both stage three and four uh, melanoma. Um, so I think we'll see an increased utilization of neoadjuvant immunotherapy in melanoma. Yeah, and I, I would emphasize that just as much. I think this is now probably a standard approach for patients that have clearly resectable disease, uh, but a lot of questions remain, the re is Pembro alone enough, combination IO, how many doses, all these kinds of things really matter. So let's move on to the next abstract, which is another really important one, I think, which was the uh, late-breaking abstract number three, randomizing patients to get TIL therapy versus ipilimumab for PD-1 refractory disease. So you want to comment on that study quickly and how you think it will impact on practice? Yeah, absolutely. So this study um, showed a, a significantly improved progression-free survival um, in patients who received TIL therapy uh, versus ipilimumab therapy. I think 
7.2 versus 3.1 months. So these were patients who had gotten one prior line of systemic therapy, uh, which for most of them was PD-1 therapy, either in the adjuvant or metastatic setting. Um, I think that, you know, oftentimes we still tend to utilize ibilumumab-based regimens or, you know, sometimes targeted therapy in patients with BRAF mutant disease. Uh, but I think this study kind of makes us question, you know, should we actually consider TIL therapy earlier as opposed to waiting until patients have gone through multiple lines of therapy and kind of maybe looking at it as a last resort? Um, I would emphasize, though, this study did look at a group of patients with better outcomes. You know, they um, uh, limited to age uh, up to 75, ECOG PS of only 0 to 1, LDH less than two times upper limit of normal. So I think that may have also impacted, sure. you know, the, the good outcomes. But sure. I think there's definitely a role for, you know, considering TIL therapy earlier on. And I thought it was important to emphasize these data as well, because in the United States, we've had um, clinical trials of a commercial TIL product called Lifilucil, which look interesting and very possibly could get approved in the coming year. And these data can help to inform how we might use that product if it does get approved. So having uh, discussed that, let's move on then uh, to discussion of the Immuned trial. This was a neoadjuvant trial for stage four resected disease looking at combo IO versus PD-1. You want to comment on this and how this has changed your practice? But I think what's interesting in the study is looking at the traditional IP-NEVO, IP-3, NEVO-1, four doses, in the adjuvant setting uh, versus uh, adjuvant nivolumab in stage four patients, um, which you know the investigators showed a statistically significant difference with improved uh, relapse-free survival with uh, combination immunotherapy in stage four. So um, I think there may be a role for combination ipinevo with the standard dosing um, in stage four patients post-surgery. Yeah, and I think that's the really important point. And in my practice, for patients who have resected stage four disease, I do use Nevo plus IPI and not just PD-1 monotherapy for the reasons that you kind of just outlined. So uh, the final uh, study, I think, is an important one to wrap with. This was the update on the Secumbit trial, and this was the study of immunotherapy first, then BRAF or vice versa, or the sandwich. So I think with Secumbit also, you know, we can see that um, the starting with uh, immunotherapy, um, and then reserving BRAF MEC inhibitor at progression uh, did lead to superior outcomes in progression-free survival uh, versus starting with upfront BRAF MEC inhibitor therapy. The study did have a sandwich cohort, but you know, from what I saw, that did not seem to make any differences at least right. thus far with regards to outcomes. So I'm not sure there's necessarily you know strong benefit in doing that sandwich approach versus just starting upfront with um, upfront ipinevo. And that was the take home that I got as well, is that really it's immunotherapy first before BRAF and melanoma. And that is in contrast with say what we see in lung cancer for targeted therapy. But I think that, like you said, I think that that is something in our practice that already changed what we need to emphasize for the community because we do still see patients treated with BRAF inhibitor in the front line sometimes. So with that, I'd like to say thanks for listening to us here, review the abstracts from ESMO uh, this year, a lot of really high impact studies, and we'll look forward to next year. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.